welcome to the No Risk Business Performance Podcast, where we discuss all things very small business, from the challenges to solutions to failures and victories. I'm your host, Judah Boulay, and I'm ready to roll, so let's do this. All right, so... I'm very excited about today's guest. We have Robert Foster from RBF Fitness, as well as the Shut Up and Grind podcast. Um, Robert, welcome. I'm excited to uh, talk uh, to you and hear a little bit more about what you do and the services you provide to clients, um, as well as uh, hear about your podcast. Um, you know, I know you have a great story behind you, and I think the listeners are going to really be amped to uh, to hear your story. So uh, welcome. And uh Let's tell people a little bit about yourself. Thank you. Well, first and foremost, thank you for the opportunity. You know, always appreciated to be uh, to share with anyone's audience. So thank you. And so what I do is I'm a gym owner, first and foremost, turned speaker, turned podcast host, turned business coach. And so, so like growing up, I always wanted to be some type of, of a performer. You know, I don't know if I want to be a singer or an actor or a rapper or just something. I knew I wanted to be something just bigger than a nine to five type of job. And so what happened? I ended up spending 20 years as a restaurant manager. <laughs> so definitely wasn't, wasn't the direction I wanted to go. But during that process, I learned what I needed to know about business, you know, not, not even realizing that I was picking up the skills. It was just part of my job, you know, hiring, firing, HR rules, you know, sales forecasting, profit and loss, income statements, you know, all of that, all that kind of, kind of business stuff. So towards the tail end of management, I'm a parent of five, five kids and just the restaurant schedule is brutal. Right. So I was missing a lot of things, you know, missing the first steps, missing the, the, te the teeth popping through, you know, having to miss midday functions at, at the school, like the daddy and me day, you know, because I, I made a good amount of them, but I couldn't make all of them. And I had parents who were very, very involved. So it was important to me to be able to be involved. So I actually set up in my old house, I had a big garage. And I'm not the handy type, like I don't fix cars or any of that stuff. So the garage was just kind of going to waste. So I started seeing things on Craigslist, like free treadmill, free elliptical, free weights, you know, or cheap weights. And I was like, you know what, let me kind of, let me get back to my athletic roots a little. And so I just started gathering stuff. And then the more and more stuff I gathered, I just started setting it up to look like an actual gym. And they're putting drywall and insulation in there. I put a heater in there. And so I was like, I have all this stuff. Like, why don't I just, you know, train a couple people? And it was more so just for fun because I was coming home from the restaurant, bringing the stress of it with me. And like, I was lashing at my now ex. I was lashing at the kids. Like, and I'm a happy-go-lucky kind of guy. And towards the end there, I was losing that. Like, I was losing who I was. <laughs> so I was just trying to create something to get me back to where I was. It was like, I'm very competitive, you know, in sports. And like I said, I like to laugh. I like to, to have fun. So I just, I started training a couple people and I, and I loved it. it. And it wasn't supposed to grow beyond that. It was supposed right. to get, you know, handful of people just to give me an outlet. And then next thing you know, you fast forward, I have 40 clients training with me in my garage and in the park across the street. 
And then I start weighing, like I'm doing three classes a week. I was only charging 50 bucks a month for, for three classes a week because I didn't know any better then. Right. And then I'm start, starting to look at what I'm making in the restaurant working 60 hours a week versus doing three hours a week and selling supplements out of my trunk. <laughs> so then it was tough for me to make the jump having five kids to just say, I'm going to jump in this because I had insurance and I had vacation. I had a guaranteed check every Friday. But then the universe decided for me and I lost my management job in 2009 at the height of the recession. And then I just pursued fitness ever since. That's awesome. That's a, um, you know, it's just one of the things if you want to be successful in something and, and if for a new opportunity, it's like burn the boats. Yeah. You know, that's if you want to capture the island, you need to burn the boats. Yeah. I, I did something similar when I went full time with uh, with my, you know, business was on the brink six months out from failing. Um, I was teaching at the time full time and I made the jump from teaching to running the business to save the business. And it was like I, I was in the process of like getting my certification to, you know, in Rhode Island, just in case it didn't work out. And mm. I stopped because I was like, wait, no, I don't want any safety net because I this I'm going to make this work. And the only way to make it something work is if you fully commit to it. So uh, it's like a similar thing, you know, like you had no other option. You had to make it work. You had five kids and you just, you just shut up and grinded. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, even, even still just to add on to that. So like I did pursue it, but I still left myself a safety net because I was teaching at FM global and their corporate fitness. And I was teaching for bank of America. And I was also teaching at workout world. So mm -hmm. I still had some guaranteed income coming in because at the time, I didn't know what I was doing as far as marketing. It's like it, I had the business knowledge so I could set up the paperwork and stuff. Right. But I, had, I had no idea how to get people. I mean, yeah, I placed a couple of Craigslist ads, but it's one thing doing it in my garage. And then the first time I started renting space, that was a whole different ballgame. And now I have overhead, you know, mm -hmm. whereas at home, I didn't have any overhead. So it was tough, but you know, to piggyback on what you said, I went to, well, I applied for a scholarship for a fitness business summit out in California. And now in between that time, I had a major knee surgery and I donated a kidney to my sister. So I had two pretty big, pretty big surgeries that kind of slowed things down a little. It didn't stop it, but it, but it slowed things down. And so I was kind of at a crossroad, like, I don't know what to do now. So I applied for that scholarship. And I think having those two stories helped me, you know, because people mm -hmm. are all about the backstory. So I won the scholarship. I just had to pay for the airfare out there. They paid for everything else. Well, that's awesome. Which was, yeah, yeah. Like, it was a great experience. But sitting there, it, it was such an eye opener because, you, you know, you talk to other people like, oh, there's no money in that. You, you know, you'll have to work 18 hours a day to make the gym work. Most gyms close in 18 months. Like you hear all that stuff. But to get around these people with million dollar gyms, high six figure gyms, multiple six figure gyms. And they all said the same thing. If you have a plan B, plan A is never going to work. And so right when I got back, I put my notice in at those three corporate places. And I was like, I have to go all in. And in a matter of months, I went from 40 clients to 140, you know, just from focusing in all on that one area. That's awesome. So what was the key to going from 40 to 140? Just the focus I, or what, how did you how did you do that? 
it was it was the focus and a little bit of luck because that was right around the time when Groupon and Living Social came out. Yeah. And so I had ended up switching locations. Well, I had to switch locations seven times. So I started out, yeah, I started out in a karate dojo and it was just a conflict of interest, of interest yeah. there. So this was in Johnston. So I ended up moving down to West Warwick. And the, as you know, in Rhode Island, you move more than five miles, you, you lose all your clients. So, right. so I moved to West Warwick and had to pretty much start over from there. I had a decent following there, but then the dance studio owner decided to move to a new studio and I wasn't part of her moving plans. <laughs> so, so I, this was a big deal because I had probably about 55 to 60 clients then. And then I went all the way down to eight because I, I had to move to North Providence because she only, she only gave me nine days notice. So, Oof. so I had to take what I could get and yeah. I was able to, to partner with a, a wellness place up there, but it was in the gold's gym plaza off of 44. Okay. So, so I was like, all right, this kind of sucks, but I'm uh, I'm in a spot where there's fitness people, you know, every single went. day. I used to oh, go really? to that Gold's Gym. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> like one of the original members there when it first nice. opened up. Yeah. So there was a wellness center yeah, over yeah. there. Like there used to be a physical therapy yeah, place. Yeah. yeah. So I rented space in the wellness center. And that was the turning point because where I was in West Warwick, it's way more populated at this place in North Providence. So that's when I've heard about Living Social. So I said, you know, for giggles, let's let's do an, let's do a deal. So I did a deal, and I sold 160 of the deals, and about 125 actually redeemed. Wow! And I was able to to, to maintain a good amount because at the time in that area, really no one was doing my style of of training. You know, it was all stuff like you would find at a Gold's Gym. And, and, right. I, and I'm not knocking them, but it's like, it's repetitive. Yeah. You know, like I said, I used to te teach at Workout World. Like you walk into the class and clients are already there. They have stuff already laid out. Like it's like the same format every yeah. single time. Yeah. And so when I moved there, I went to Gold's Gym and I got a copy of their, of their schedule and just made sure I made mine different. I don't want to have the same stuff that they have. And now the people who ran the wellness center... They always had the windows down. They had the door shut. And, and I'm like, you have all these fitness people walking by all day. You know, I was like, why, why aren't you like open? Let people look in. Right. So when I would get there at night, I would open all the blinds. I'd prop the door open and I'd have my speaker right at the door, just cranking. Yeah. And, and doing that alone, I probably got five to 10 clients a week, you know, depending on, on the day. Because people are like, what's going on in there? You right. know, they say something different. It's, it's higher intensity. It's higher yeah. energy, and I, I just think just just bringing a, a different approach to it. Like I definitely didn't reinvent anything, right. but just as you know, the the coach can change everything. Correct. Correct. I mean, because like I've been like I, I know with your CrossFit background, I've been to a few of them just to see what it was about, and there were a couple where I was like, "Yeah, this isn't my cup of tea." And I was at one that was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it, like the delivery is everything. And I just think people were just attracted to my delivery. Right. You know, you're very energetic. So, um, and you get a lot of, you know, um, the personality always shines through every time we've had interactions. Yes. So, um, yeah, and that, and you know, you were lucky at the back, you, you hit the group on a living social back in the day when they actually yeah. worked. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it was you a novelty. Now. <laughs> you can't do anything with it now. It's, it's, 
you know, <laughs> you did it when it actually worked and it was a thing yes. um, that we're kind of dating ourselves then in the industry. So um, I'm going to ask you a, a little deeper question um, okay. because I know you have you, you have this uh, desire to help people in fitness and help them achieve health, but then you also have this desire in business to help people succeed um, in their business. So um, what is your why? So the why, it's, it's, it's multifaceted, you know, because like most people will say, you know, it's the kids, it's this, it's that. And anyone that has kids, obviously, they're, they're a huge part of the why. But mine is more so, there are so many people who are lost. You know, so it's like, I always tell, tell people I'm a coach. Like people will ask me all the time, are you a trainer? I'm like, no, I'm a coach. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's just a different mindset. Like you can tell people who are just trainers, you know, they're, they're in there, they do their jobs, they do it well. They help people get stronger, faster, fitter, but they don't do anything on the mental side. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas I feel like coaches focus on the mental side. So with me, I always say I'm a personal development coach that uses fitness as the platform. So when I see people switch, turn on, on the mental aspect, like, you know, when people start, they're like, you know, what's, which one's the lighter one, you know, which one's the the lower one or, or or whatever, but then to watch them come in and be like, I want that kettlebell, you know, (laughs) put put 20 more pounds on there. Like, like just watching the confidence shift. Mm -hmm. That's what does it for me more than more than money more than any accolades or any of that stuff just watching someone go from unsure to let's get it (laughs) like i love that moment so that's what fuels it for me awesome um that's that's great um yeah it's it's funny because you have you know i'm sure you've had the clients who shy away from really pushing themselves yes right and to try to get them to, and then you have the clients that love to push themselves and want you to push them and you know obviously one's a little bit more fun to work with than the other <laughs> but it's trying to get the all the clients to want to really push themselves to achieve you know what what their you know what their best can be for that day yes you know um and that the mental aspect that you know definitely um so when when you how about when so that's what what with fitness, but now when we talk about business and when you work with business, so it's the same why do you take, so yeah. you're trying to change mindset. You, yeah. you find mindset really inhibits the people that you work with? Yes, I want to answer that with a, with a quick story. So in 1990, 1995, no, 1996. No, so I have a big track and field background, which is remind me to, to ask you some, something about that when, when we're done with this. Actually, sure. I, I, just, I just wrote it down. All right. All right. So I, w- I was at this track meet because I go and I just scout. So I was a high jumper and there's not a lot of good high jump coaches. So mm-hmm. the, you, can, you can tell the people that YouTube and Google stuff and, and have the athletes do it. So I just go and I, and I just watch. And I saw this girl from North Kingstown, Laura Berman, and she had like springs in her legs but I could tell she was kind of a head case. And so when she would, there were these, these twin, these twin sisters from South Kingstown, they were good jumpers as well. And I could tell she, she was in her head about them, but style wise, approach wise, you know, explosion wise, like she had it all over these, these two twins. And so now she doesn't know me from a hole in the wall. And I was just like, you come here after one of her jumps, I was like, you're in your head. You're overthinking too much. Before your next jump, I want you to take three deep breaths and picture yourself clearing the bar. And she's like, yeah, but the other girl, no, 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 don't worry about the other girl. 
just take three deep breaths, picture yourself going over the bar and explode. That was all I said to her. So she gets up there. I see her taking a three deep breaths. She goes and she makes it. And so then she immediately runs back over to me. What, what else can you tell me? <laughs> you <know? laughs> right. And so, so like, I just, just kind of coaching her through. And now, you know, some coaches can be very territorial. Right. right. And and like, I'm all about my athlete first. Like, I don't claim to know everything about everything in your background. You could probably come say, Hey, Rob, you know, if she does X, Y, Z, she'll get even more explosion. I'm not going to say, well, you've never high jumped. Shut up. You know what right. I mean? Like, I like, I'm gonna take what I learned from you and apply it to her. So anyway, I see her coach walking towards me and I'm like, Oh, here we go. going to say, they'll leave my athlete alone or whatever. And, and she's like, um, excuse me. What did you say to her? You know, so I told her what I said, and she's like, she doesn't listen to anyone. <laughs> she's, she's like, you know, would you mind working with us, you know, if, if you can, a day or two per, per, per week? I said, absolutely. She's like, you know, she's like, I can't promise that we'll be able to pay you. I said, don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the money. I said, I'll come down. I'll work with her. I said, just let me be able to document the process. I said, that's all I want. And what I did with this girl I'm no, I'm making my short story long. <laughs> but, <laughs> no worries. But what I did with this girl, I told her every time I saw her, Laura, you're the best in the state. You don't have to beat them. They have to beat you. Now go out there and prove it. Like I tweaked one little thing in her approach. Other than that, I didn't teach her anything else. It was all mental. So it got to the point as we were getting into the championship meets, I'm like, Laura, I want to hear it. She's like, coach, I'm the best in the state. They don't, I, I don't have to beat them. They have to beat me or yeah. Yeah. They have to beat me. I said, exactly. She ended up winning all division, all class, all state. And she, and she, I think she was second in the new Englands. That's awesome. And, and she got a full ride to Stonehill college in mass. And, and that was all I did. So I worked with her the tail end of that year. And then all of the following year. Right. That's very yeah. similar. Like, I don't know if you watch UFC, I'm a big UFC fan, mm. but um, Rose Nemajanis just won the, um, world title and she like vicious that, yes. that kick and like and yeah. at the end like the interview you know like her, her she's all about personal mindset and mantras and she's like I'm the best you know I'm the best yes. and like she recited it she's like that's what I said before I went out and that's what I'm saying now and you know it's I don't it's not cocky it's just having that mental positive yes. attitude um and I think that goes so far now how did that how's that translate to the business aspect now in terms of the the yeah, mindset so, with business. So how that translates in business is a, you have to know who you are. So that that's your branding and your product, you know? So just like as an athlete, as you, you just stated, you know, you're not going to go through all this training to not win or to not think that you can win. Cause if that's the case, don't step into, into the octagon. Don't step onto the football field. Don't step onto the track. It's like, why are you even out there? Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I can see when you're li- little kids, it's about development and teamwork and all that. But at, at our age, you know, like when you're in your, your, your prime and beyond, you play to win. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's the same in business. Like if you're going to go into business, you got you have to know what what you're doing and who you are. And then from from there, you got to know who are you serving? You know, so who are you serving? What are their needs? How are you solving their their needs? And then. How are you attracting them? So like when I'm preparing for track meets, cause I'm 46 and a half and I still, I still compete in, in track and field. Oh, that's awesome. so, now, so now I'm not jumping the way I was 20 years ago, 
but you know, I'm doing enough to, to be competitive. And when I'm out there, it's like, all right, I have to get out there and I have to do, do these drills. I have to, you know, eat this way. I have to drink this much water. Like there, there's a certain amount of steps that you have to take. And business, as you know, is the same way. If you miss a step, you know, if people are calling you and you don't follow through, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're going to lose them. If, if you're not, if people can't walk into your business and know exactly what you do, you, you're going to lose people. You know, if you have the phone manner of, of a rock, you know, you're going to lose people. Like everything matters. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how that, that translates over. It's, it's almost every facet of your life. It's just like running your household. Right. So now do you find the, with the business you've worked with, the, that same negative mindset that that high jumper had before you worked with her? Yeah, you see a lot of it. I mean, like people that seek out a coach, they kind of know that they need help. But I just think a lot of it is they don't realize how much they need. Because mm-hmm. I'll say one question, and I do this to, on all of my podcasts. The first question I ask is like, when you come on mine, I'm going to say, who is Judah? <laughs> and you have no idea how many people struggle with that. <laughs> you know, it's like, you don't, like, you don't know what you're about. It's like, that's, you shouldn't have to think about that. Right. And, and that's, that's why I focus more on the brand message because that, and I kind of suck on the systems end. So, <laughs> so we, we could probably do a dynamic webinar together <laughs> on, right, those, right, right. on those two fronts. Yeah. Perfect. But, you know, but just helping people, you know, like, I don't want, want to put the business on blast, but I was working with someone a couple of years ago, numbers wise, he does, he does very well but he wanted to improve on his adult fitness. He does a lot of birthday parties, right? It's like, you have kids, right? Yeah, two boys. Two boys. uh, Eight and six. Right, eight and six. So if they get invited to a birthday party, who's bringing them? Me or my ex, so. Yeah, you and the ex. So a parent's bringing them. So so it's like, you want to build your adult fitness, you do six to eight birthday parties a weekend, so parents are bringing these kids in. <laughs> I was like, you have people in your effing building. <laughs> That's <like> easy. That's <laughs> easy. <laughs> exactly. I said, I said, you know, you should be here having some types of games. Like when I was in my old location, I started doing birthday parties too. It happened by accident as we were looking for somewhere for, for my daughter. This is in 2015. Remember when it snowed like every day yeah, yeah, yeah. that February? Yep. So my daughter's birthday is February 11th. So my ex and I are like, what are we going to do for her, her, her birthday? And we had just built that gym in Cranston. It was like brand spanking new. Yeah. And she, she's like, why don't we do it at the gym? And I was like, hell no. <laughs> like, like, we just put $30,000 into that. Like, I'm not I'm going to be scraping frosting off the floor. And then more snow. And then more snow. And then more snow. So I was like, you know what? Let's just, let's just try it and see, see how it goes. It's, so that way, if we have to cancel, we don't have to worry about trying to get a deposit back and everything yeah, yeah. else. And the kids loved it right Right. yeah 26 kids like we set up an obstacle course but the big thing is is towards the end you know the parents started walking around like hey do you have do you have brochures and then my ex and i we we looked at each other like we might be on to something here you know so my twin's birthday was six weeks later so like let's do the twin's birthday there too and let's let's see how that goes and then then so what i started doing is the people that were on my unlimited plan i gave them a free birthday party for their kids Cause, cause so that way, who are they going to invite? They're going to invite their friends, you know? So now we're getting people who are their peers in. And then I had these little things called RBF bucks. 
<laughs> and so we gave all the kids a bunch of RBF bucks because they can turn them in to pick out of the prize bin, but you have to be a member of our kids' class. <laughs> you know, so, so from these birthday parties, even though I did them for free, it was myself and my three older kids. We were the party staff. So it didn't really cost me anything but time and electricity to right. do it. But we ended up getting kids, clients, and adult clients. So now that party had like a lifetime value in the thousands. It's insane. Right. That's awesome. No, that's great. Um, that's uh, a great way to, uh, you know, um, I know I know some other places that I've seen do something similar. But that's uh, that's a great, you know, um, great way to market yourself and, and services like, yes. you know, that soft marketing. Yeah. Um, so now this mental mindset training philosophy that you have, where did that come from? How did that develop? Dear old dad. Okay. <laughs> Dear dad, God rest his soul. So this man never admitted defeat with anything. Never. Now he was an engineer. He was very smart too. He, he skipped two grades in high school and he got a full ride to Syracuse University. So like, like building cars, you know, anything, like literally anything, no matter what it was, he, he could do it. Like welding and carpentry, plumbing, like all of it. So we were born, well, I was born in New York City. You know, so we lived, we lived in the projects down there, not in the nice part of New York City. Like we lived in the hood. And so we moved out of there. I was two and a half. I'm the youngest of seven kids. And so my dad knew that environment wasn't good, you know, conducive to raising seven kids. <laughs> so he came up here to Rhode Island. He got a job at Electric Boat building submarines. So he came up here first. We got a house down in Charlestown, like completely different environment than <laughs> Brooklyn, New York and Queens, New York. So like I grew up in the woods, but like while he's working on cars, like I've, I've helped like, now when I say helped, I was like just handing him stuff, right, helping, right. helping him rebuild engines. Cause I told, remember I told you, I don't, yeah. I didn't get that handy bug, right, but, right. but I was a good set of muscles for him. So I yeah. did stuff, you know, but anyway, I've watched him rebuild engines. I've, I've helped him, you know, uh, build his garage and put the roof on the garage. And there was never an, I can't, it's always, all right, plan B. All right, plan C. All right, let me think. And I was like, if something didn't go right, he just racked his brain until he figured it out. You know, he just made a habit, just never admitted defeat. And I'll share this, this other quick story. So my parents bought a new fridge and a new dining room table. And so they get to the house and the table was a little wider than they anticipated. So when you went to open the fridge, no, no, I'm sorry, not the fridge. When you went to open the outside door, it would hit the table and then they couldn't move the table because then the, the fridge couldn't fully open. Normal people would have returned one of them and gotten a smaller size, right? But dad was hell bent that he wanted that table and that fridge. So right, we fast forward a few days, it's the weekend and I'm coming down to visit and I see the side of the house is ripped down, <laughs> right? And so I'm looking, I see my mom, I'm like, what is he doing? She's like, go ask him. <laughs> so I'm like, big guy, what's up? So we had, the door was here. There was a window here. He switched them. <laughs> so he reframed that side of the house and he switched them <laughs> and put the door here and the window here so the door could open. <laughs> <laughs> so that 
that is where I get it from. Oh, that's awesome. That's <laughs> that's great. Now, have you done any like training as well, or you just developed a like he helped you develop a positive attitude growing up, and you just realized that so many people did not have that attitude, and you're like, I can help people this way. Um, yeah. Well, I started I started managing. I said said managing restaurants. I actually started at 15 in a small diner. So when you're when you're in charge, you have no choice but to be in control. Mm-hmm. So when stuff's hitting the fan, you can't crumble because if you crumble, everything crumbles. Right. So so being headstrong was put into me early. You know, starting with dad and then starting from working early. I, like I started working at twelve, and then like I said, I started managing at fifteen. I became a general manager at nineteen. So like just being being in charge was always you know being captain of sports teams and stuff stuff as well. And I'd say one of the first times I really encountered it was you know how hope high school has perennially had a strong track team right and so in in the class b's they they were favored pretty heavily and i went uh, i went and talked to my coach i was like you know we can take them i said in the states they'll probably win the states because in the states it's all about the stars Mm -hmm. you know like in the class in the divisional it's about depth right and i was like depth wise i think we can take them so you know we start you know, writing it out. We're like, you know, I said, you know, I'm going to win mine. You know, Tommy's going to win his. You know, the pole vaulters are going to take one, two. Like, you know, Hope, Hope's going to sweep us on the track. But if we can get third and fourth here, second and third here, and just started breaking it down. I said, we got to talk to these guys and let them know that we need their best today. So I went over to, to, to the hurdler. I said, listen, don't worry about first place. You need to get fifth. You know what I mean? It's like, you need to get fifth so we can get those two points. You know, you and the 3,000, just try to get that sixth spot. You know, we need that one point. And so we just started strategically planning and just getting everybody in their roles and say, like, you have to believe you can do this. And it came down to the four by four. And and again, now they had the state record holder, an all-American 400 runner, but he's the leadoff. And see, now, I feel like that's where they screwed up because he should have been the anchor. Right. right. But they had him lead. So I was like, you know, Gomes is going to go out hard. I said, you just have to trail him. Then I went to my anchor. I said, dude, we need everything. You need to leave it all out there. Because if you do this, we're champs. You know, and and he did. He left it all out there and we edged them out and and they were pissed. They were so, so pissed. Like I got hated on, like, you know how we got all this, this race, this racial tension going on now. Mm-hmm. I, I got so much hate for being on that team by those city kids. <laughs> so <laughs> much hate. Oh my Lord. They were calling me country bumpkin, farmer boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but we did it though. You know, because we got everyone in the right headspace. We came to we came together as a team and we did it. The first one in Cheraho history. That's awesome. So, and so that's where basically you, so your training is all self-taught and you just from, from experience, because some people, you know, get that, you know, where like they have to manage people and like, instead of buckling, they get super stressed out and Mm. they don't have that positive mindset. Yeah. You know, they, they kind of like let the stress get the better of them and they break down. And instead of being encouraging, they snap. And I'm guilty of that myself. You know, I, as best as I, you know, everybody ha- is human and, and makes, you know, mistakes and like they learn from their mistakes and learn how to handle themselves better. Um, yeah. But more times than not, you see the negative instead of the positive. So 
did you do anything to develop and nurture that positive side coming up? Yeah, well, it definitely expanded. Like I told you about the scholarship I won the Fitness Business Summit. So I went there in 2014 and 2016. I went to a marketing summit in Chicago. I went to several fitness masterminds, you know, uh, went out Colorado, Vegas, mm -hmm. uh, Florida, you know, and just got with just other like-minded people. You know, we, we had a coach and he helped, you know, to expand it, you know? So like I had, I had the core already in there, right? but one of the last things I learned from the restaurant industry, I, I actually worked up at Twin, Twin River when it first converted over from Lincoln Park. So mm -hmm. they, ha they had a buffet in there. I was the GM of the buffet until they ran it into the ground, but that's a separate story for a separate day. But they selected, like there's like 3000 employees there at the time. And they selected 25 of us to go through this training called human dynamics. And so, and that's where they basically take you through the four personality types. So you have your, your leaders, your doers, your thinkers, your feelers, and just understanding the ins and outs of each one. So how I became a better connector with people was through that training. Now, this was back in 2007, and I still use it now. Like I still do vi videos on it. I still use it in my, my coaching. I still use it in the gym. Because you know, you have those people that you can be like, just if it, just happen, get it done. And they just get it done. Right. But then, but then you have other people, if you do that, they'll cry. Mm -hmm. And then you have the people that will ask, well, what does this do for me? Like, well, why do I have to, why do I have to do that many reps? You know, you get those, those thinkers, right. you know, then you got the leaders that want the process, you know, like, all right, well, why am I doing How, how long am I doing this? Is everyone else doing this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so like just understanding how to work with, with the personality types, right. It just, it just makes you a much better connector. That's awesome. All right, cool. So I don't, I know you're busy because uh, you got a lot on your plate. Um, so, um, we'll I have my last set of questions. So we'll okay. start going through those. So, um, I always ask everybody, there are three keys to success. So whether it's for the, for you, or usually what's your three keys to success for you or the keys to success for anybody. So what are your three keys to success? See it, feel it, get it. <laughs> so, I think too many times people have ideas and they mistake them for goals. So going back to my gym in Cranston, a year and a half prior to that happening, I took my, my trusty notebook and I just sketched down what I wanted my ideal gym to look like. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I didn't have business partners. I didn't have savings. I had jacked up credit. It's like I was nowhere near making this happen. <laughs> nowhere right. near. But I, I was just like, I want a, a small, a small room up front because I don't want people to walk in and see the big warehouse. And because, you know, people point at all the stuff they can't do. <laughs> and they're like, I can't climb that rope. I can't do those monkey bars. And mm -hmm. I, I don't want that. I wanted a nice welcoming environment, then have it open up. But I wanted the obstacle stuff toward, toward the back so it didn't slap you in the face. And so I just wrote everything down in detail. So now we fast forward, I get the business partners and we start scouting around for locations. And when we walked into the spot that we picked, it was an absolute dump. So it was performed better as old building okay. off of uh, Comstock. So it was their, it was their uh, call center. So yep. the, the front, front room had, it, it had, uh, what do you call them, cubicles in there. Yep. So there's like wires and holes all over the wall. The carpet was stained and musty. 
and then you walk into the main warehouse and and the two business partners were looking at each other like what did we just walk into i said this is perfect (laughs) right and they both looked at me and they're like what i was like you don't understand i was like almost two years ago i wrote down this I said, look past, look past what you currently see, because we can fix all this. Like we can tear up the, top, the carpet, we can patch the holes in the wall, we can paint it. And like, don't worry about that. I was like, but this is the one. And he looked at me, he's like, if you're sure, <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, we'll do it. And then we brought it to life. Like it was absolutely amazing. So you, ha- you have to be able to see it. And so now when I say feel it, because you can just say, I want to be an astronaut. You know what I mean? Like, like I get, I can see myself on the moon. It's like, but, but do you really like, do you see yourself going back to school, putting, putting the time in, you know, doing whatever it is that you have to do to take the steps to earn your, whatever it's called to become, to become an astronaut. It's like, you just have to close your eyes and actually see that process and feel that process. Once those two are in line, then you'll be able to go get it. You know, so I think too many times people like, you know what, I want to open up a gym. Like we, I saw this happen with, with a gym off of Cranston Street. It was a girl, she was a fitness competitor. You know, she paired up with one of my former clients at the time and they went and they opened up this gym and they opened it so fast. <laughs> like there was no soft open, like you have no clients. Like, like when I opened mine, I was 150 clients deep before mm-hmm. I opened it. So like we, we were profitable from the second we unlocked the doors, but they opened this place with all this fancy stuff with no clients. You know, so, so I was like, you didn't actually take the time to visualize the entire process and then take in what needs to happen. And then you put the steps and you're like, let's open a gym. I have money. I have good credit. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> you know? So they, they skip that, that piece and that's necessary. Gotcha. Cool. And so was the third one so- was the actual work. Okay. So it's like, you got to see it, you got to feel it. Then you got to go get it. Right. Cause like seeing and feeling it means nothing if you don't put the work in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> nothing comes easy. Small nope. business, not for a small business owner. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Forty-hour work week. <laughs> yeah, for real. No. Nope. For real. So, um, all right. So this is a tough one, okay. um, because there's so many out there. Yeah. If you had to pick one book to recommend, what book would that be? Well, right now it's going to be the one I'm writing, <laughs> but um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a book reader. Not? Okay. No, I'm more, I'm more of video. Like I'm very visual. Okay. Yeah. Very visual. So like, that's a big reason why I dropped out of college three times <laughs> because like to just sit and read, like my mind is so abstract. It, it just doesn't like, I can sit here and read all these words and not retain a, an ounce of it. So Audio audio books, I don't mind, but I like videos like of of speakers, you know, like Gary Vee, like Eric Thomas, like Tony Robbins, Les Brown. Mm -hmm. So if I need to pick me up, I take those. The the closest book I've ever gotten to finishing, because I haven't finished anyone that I've ever bought, is The Perfect Day Formula by Craig Ballantyne. Okay. So like that's that's where again he gets into that visualization of like. You know, you know how everybody else says, you know, when do you see yourself in five years, 10, 10, 10 years? Yeah. He, he just takes it a hundred times and helps you really iron out, like, what's your end goal? Like, what does that end goal look like? 
And so like that one, I probably got about three quarters of the way through and then I got distracted with other stuff. But <laughs> I would say I would say that's that's a good one. The perfect day formula. Cool. Um, and if well, so since you're a visual guy, if you had to recommend one movie or video clip or whatnot, then what would that one be? Do you think of one offhand that like you always go back to or one movie that that I like is Coach Carter, like Coach Carter and Remember the Titans and not even so much for like the racial component, but it was just the fact that, you know, there were so many different personality types, so many different backgrounds and they had to come together for a common task. Because I feel like, especially now with what, what's going on in the world and so much negativity being thrown out there that I think I just posted it on my story either earlier today or just yesterday that there's 7 billion people on this planet. Like imagine what we could accomplish if we all just came together. Right. You know? And I just think those two movies truly embody that to just, look, you're bald. You, this one has hair. This one's black. This one's white. This one's Indian. This one's Jewish. You know what I mean? It's like, cares at the end of the day we're all people that want to be happy we want to be healthy and we want to be successful <laughs> you know so i just think those two movies really really embody that awesome yeah um like okay so last last i have two more um okay. do you have a quote that you is kind of like your mantra or a quote that you always fall back on I have a large, I don't, is it on this shirt? No, it's not. This shirt says I'm awesome. <laughs> but on, on our shirts, and I have a huge mural in the gym that says some wish for it, we work for it. It's at the bottom of the logo. Okay. Yeah, it says some wish for it, we work for it. I, I, I love that one because when I was coming up for it, because we decided that we wanted something for the back of the gym. And I had one of my, one of my women at the time, she printed me up a list of just hundreds of quotes and that was the first one <laughs> i didn't even look at the rest i saw it and i was like that's it like some wish for it we work for it so i love it because you, you can use that in any fashion because again we're all human we all get down we all have bad days there are days where we don't feel like it and then it's like you just look at that and it's like it's not gonna build itself <laughs> you know it's like you gotta gotta get up you know when people are slacking at the gym like, excuse me are you working for it because right now, right now, Luke looks like you're just wishing, <laughs> you know, so it's just such, such a powerful, a powerful saying. That's awesome. No, I like that. Is, is that your own? That's not your own, though, right? You don't, you don't know where it came from or do you? I, I don't know where it came from, but it's mine now. All right. <laughs> that's good. Dig it. All right. Uh, last question. Yeah. Um, you're such a interesting human being. Um, you've full of like lots of insight, you know, great life experience. Um, if you were me interviewing yourself, what's something you, I should, you should, would have asked yourself that I didn't ask you and then what's, give us the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what's the biggest struggle you've had to overcome? All right. So what's the biggest struggle you've had to overcome? So I had mentioned earlier about my first knee surgery because I've had, because I've had three, but the, the first one was major. So I had a patella tendon rupture. Oof. And it was, it was bad. So I was at the ripe old age of 34, you know, I was at a track meet and little, little taste of karma, karma ego, you know, kind of, kind of got me there. So we were in age brackets. I was in a 30 to 34 age bracket. So I had just won the long jump 
And now I had won my age bracket already, but in a high jump, but there was still a 45 year old there. Remember I said earlier, I'm competitive. <laughs> so, so I was like, I'm not letting this old guy beat me. So I was like, if he misses this jump, I'll stop. Because I, I already made it. But he goes and he makes it. I was like, rat bastard. So I was like, all right, I have to jump. So I go, I jump. Now I miss it, but I felt a tug in my knee. And that, that was the warning. And I ignored the warning. So he, he goes, he misses also. So I was like, I go over to my ex. I was like, give me the tape. I said, said let me tape it up. And I'm going to take one more. And she's like, you already won. You don't have to do this. I said, the way my psyche is, yes, I do. Because I would rather try and lose than not try. Right. So that, that's just how most competitive athletes, that's how they're wired. Like I'd rather right. try, try and lose than wonder what if. So I tape it up. I get up there. I'm doing my visual, the visualization thing, but I didn't see this coming. You know? <laughs> so, so I see myself go over. So I'm running. I plant. I saw white. And next thing you know, I'm on the ground. And so I glance down and my kneecap is like four inches up my quad. Oof. Like it was like that far up my quad. Thankfully, it instantly went numb. So I didn't, yeah. feel, I didn't feel any of that. And so I'm yelling for my, my ex to, to call 911. I was like, call an ambulance. Like, I don't know what the hell was happening here, but my kneecap is definitely not where it's supposed to be. <laughs> so like, and that's beyond di dislocation. And so the athletic trainer comes running over and so now I had my hands like like this so she really couldn't see and so I said you know she already called for the rescue she's like oh I don't think you're gonna need a rescue and then I moved my hand she's like oh my god <laughs> she's like how are you not screaming in pain I was like oh this I said oh I can't feel it <laughs> I was like I, I was like I guarantee if I could feel that <laughs> I probably would would have yeah. been in shock you know so so getting to to answer your question so now I'm at the ER. The ER doctor comes in. He takes the brace off. And within a second, he's like, oh, you're never going to run or jump again. And now this is the same year I just started training in my garage. I just decided once I lost my management job that I wasn't going to go back. You know, so I was like, I'm all in with this fitness thing. Like, and now you're telling me I won't run or jump again. So like, you know, tears start streaming down my face. You know, I look at my ex. Now her eyes are filling up. And I look back at the doctor. I said, I'm sorry, but you don't effing know me like that. <laughs> Except I didn't censor it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, you know what? You know the body. I said, but you don't know my will. I was like, you don't know what I'm able to come back from. I said, so I don't accept that. You know, and so he's like, you know, it's, he's like, I'm just trying to be real with you. He's like, it's highly unlikely. He's like, the average. I said, stop right there. He said, because I ain't average. <laughs> I said, I don't think average. I'm not in, in average shape. <laughs> so I'm like, no. I said, just stop right there. I said, we don't have to talk about this anymore. So I go into surgery. I come out of surgery. It hurt like holy hell. Yeah. So, and then I found out a couple of days later that it was actually done twice. So I guess when he first sewed it back together, it was too high. So he had to undo it and uh. redo it. Yeah, so it was, it was so bad, but that kept ringing in my head that you'll never run or jump again. And to make it even worse, so now I'm in Walmart, I'm on crutches, and I see this guy with a big brace, you know, and I have a big brace. So he's like, hey, what'd you have happen? 
And I was like, yes, and my patella tendon ruptured. He's like, yeah, me too. And then he bends his leg maybe a quarter of the way. He's like, this is what you have to look forward to. And I said, that ain't going to be me. <laughs> and I, and I crutched off. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that will not be me. So I said, the doctor tried, tried to define me. And now you're trying to define me. Only one person can define me. And that's me. And so where it all became crystal clear, because again, I am human. I did have some, some doubts. It was a long rehab process. Right. And two of the muscles in my quad went complete atrophy to where it took four months of stim before I could control it again. Yeah. Right. But I was at the football field at Cranston West High School with my kids, just letting them run around. And I was like, you know what? I was like, let me, let me, let me try to run. I said, I know this is going to be ugly, but let me try. And so I start. And when I tell you, I look like a newborn giraffe, <laughs> but damn it, I ran. <laughs> and at that moment, I was like, I will get back on that track again. Cool. So it took me seven years. You know, this happened in 2009 and I didn't, I didn't compete again until 2016, but in the high jump, I haven't lost since. That's and awesome. I had one loss in the long jump. I got second because I pulled my quad in hundred meters, but I still came back and took, and took second. That's great. You know, but, but that's being- that, that mindset, that's that, that mindset that, you know, like, um, they talk about that with uh, cancer survivors, right? Yes. So like, it's like the doctor comes in and you're like, oh, it's just terminal. You got six months to live. And it's just like, nope, I'm not going to accept that diagnosis. Exactly. And so, yeah. so like, you know, mindset matters. And- yes. It's like, I know we're at, we're at the tail end, but uh, on that, in that regard, you know, Les Brown, I mentioned him earlier, who's the famous motivational speaker. He's, he's battling cancer himself. And so he, I was on, I was on the, uh, a webinar that he gave, a virtual summit that he gave. And so he's talking and he said, talking about his cancer diagnosis, talking with his, his doctor, said, you know, the doctor came in and said, you know, we've exhausted our medical capabilities. And so Les says, I'm so, he's like, so basically you're telling me that I'm going to die. And he says, no, he's like, I'm telling you professionally, we've reached our capability. He's like, what happened from here is between you and God. You know, and so like whether people believe in God or not, you got to believe in something, you know, whether you believe in the universe, whether you believe in your own, your own spirit, your own will. Like if you just believe in something bigger than just your being, you can come back from anything. Awesome. All right, Rob. So I, I, that's that's the long we had uh, taking up a lot of your time. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, where can people find you at and uh, learn more about you or or continue just listening to you speak and, and your, your great words of advice and wisdom. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Easiest way is um, on my website, robertbfoster.com. And then all of my, my social links are right on that, that page too. Awesome. All right, Rob, thank you very much. That was a very informative podcast um, show. Um, we uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, our continuing our relationship and coming on to your show and talking more. Oh yeah. And, uh, we will, uh, you know, um, hopefully have many more interactions, uh, as the years transpire. Um, Rob is somebody I met through the, because of the pandemic. So yeah. <laughs> with every obstacle, you know, there are some, you know, the, the, there are some great things which come out from every obstacle people face. Um, and Rob's one of those great things that came out of this, this, great of this obstacle that everybody faced last year so until uh next time um we will uh we'll we'll be doing our thing here and we'll talk to you guys later thank you 
Thanks for listening to the No Risk Business Performance Podcast. Please be sure to check out the show notes for any information pertaining to our guests, as well as to how No Risk Business Performance can help your very small business. If you found the information useful, please be kind and share it with your friends who also own very small businesses so they can benefit from the advice that our guests can provide. I'm your host, Judah Boulay. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.